the book of Galatians chapter 5. The book of Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we've been looking on Sunday nights on uh, developing biblical standards and uh, kind of continuing that tonight on just really trying to develop some standards through, uh, through Scripture. And in Galatians chapter 5, in verse number 13, he says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. So we've kind of looked at this a little bit here about this, um, this liberty that we have in Christ. And uh, just in these couple verses here, there's a couple principles that we can find uh, about this liberty. And uh, first of all, we know that it's not to be used for the flesh, right? We're not just, we don't have license just to sin, just to do whatever we want, right? We're not to use it for the flesh. Uh, but then notice the second thing he says about it is that he says we are to use it uh, by love, serve one another. And so through this liberty, we are uh, trying to serve the Lord. We're serving one another, uh, loving them as we love the Lord. He says, for all the laws fulfilled in this word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And uh, so we're not just, it's not just about me in this. It's about others and uh, trying to, uh, again, walk with the Lord first, making sure our relationship is right with God. Then when my relationship is right with God and my desire is to please Him, then I'm also going to be working to try to serve others and love others. Uh, so we've been going through this a little bit, but notice uh, in this same passage here, notice what he says as we continue in verse number 16. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? So again, think about this. He's just said, look, we are... We have this liberty in Christ, right? We, are, we have liberty in Christ. Uh, it's not to be used for the flesh. But in order to use uh, liberty wisely, in order to use this liberty that we have in Christ, uh, biblically, we have to make sure that we are walking in the Spirit, right? Um, because again, if we're, if we're not careful, and here's, this is where when we're not walking in the Spirit, what begins to happen is flesh says, well, I have liberty, so I can just do whatever I want, and then that leads to license, right? Um, or then uh, we come up with all of these different rules that everybody has to follow, right? And then that leads to legalism, okay? Uh, and so we want to make sure that we are understanding what the Bible says here because he says, you have been called unto liberty, right? Uh, not only for salvation, we have liberty and salvation. We're not under the law anymore. Uh, we're not uh, bound by the law. We're not bound by rituals and rules and things like this for salvation. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So there's liberty and salvation, but there's also in liberty in how we live our life. And this is why he says, don't use liberty for an occasion to the flesh. We're not just to use this for fleshly desires and what we want. Okay? And so... Uh, this is why he says in verse number 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, again, if you read, you've got this whole list of things that he says are dealing with the lust of the flesh, right? Uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but watch what he says in verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. 
And I think this is something we really have to understand as Christians. And Paul, Paul dealt with this. Paul says, look, there, he says, the things that I, that I wanted to do, I didn't do. And the things that I, there are things that I knew I shouldn't do that I did do. What's he talking about here? He's talking about exactly what we just read in verse number 17. That they are, they're contrary. The flesh and the spirit are contrary the one to the other. They're, they're, they're opposed to one another. Okay? Um, and when we think of liberty, we have to understand the same thing. Liberty, this liberty we have in Christ, if we understand it biblically, it is contrary to license. It is contrary to legalism. Right? It's opposed to those things. Uh, and, and again, unfortunately, what happens, many times people just think of liberty and they think, well, I'm just free to do whatever. No, that's contrary to liberty, right? That's, that's license. That's just doing whatever we want, okay? Um, and so we have to understand how important it is, as Paul says here, to walk in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, okay? Uh, again, you can go through all of these things, uh, beginning in verse number 19, all the way down through verse number 21, uh, all these things that are the works of the flesh. And by the way, this is not a, uh, this list that Paul gives is not a, uh, you know, complete list, right? Uh, there's many other things that you could add to this list, right? Uh, but he's just showing, uh, giving you examples of what is the work of the flesh, right? Adultery, fornication, idolatry, witchcraft, right? We even talked about that this morning in our Sunday school hour, witchcraft, um, murders, drunkenness, revelings, all these different things, heresies. These are all parts of the flesh, right? These are works of the flesh, okay? And as a Christian, uh, if I am saved and I know Christ is my Savior, then I have to understand I have liberty in Christ, but not just to fulfill the flesh, not just to do whatever I want to do, um, and so as we're looking through here, understanding that as we develop these biblical standards, why they're so important, why it's important that we develop biblical standards in our lives, right? Because as we develop these convictions, as we read the Word of God, we develop convictions, we need boundaries to help, keep, help us keep those convictions, okay? Uh, we need boundaries that are there, uh, because if we don't develop boundaries, what begins to happen? We start drifting, right? We'll either drift into license or we'll drift into legalism, okay? Um, and we want to be careful uh, that these boundaries don't cause us, or with the lack of boundaries, don't cause us to drift into legalism, but also we want to be careful that uh, boundaries don't lead us into legalism as well, because you can put up so many boundaries that there is no freedom, there is no liberty, right? So we do want to be careful about that, and uh, we talked a little bit about that. I think it was either last week or the week before about th- some areas of caution. Okay? Now, remember, these standards or boundaries are there to help us live in liberty. Right? We're trying to, God wants us to live in liberty, not in bondage, not in, uh, in the flesh, but in liberty. And the thing we have to understand is, and let, let's be very honest, right? it is, it's easier may I say, to follow rules than to actually allow the Spirit to lead you into what He wants for you. Do you get that? It is easier to follow rules than to actually allow the Spirit to lead you into what He wants for you. And this is why Paul says here, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? That's why as we develop these biblical standards, it takes discernment. It takes wisdom to do this, okay? Uh, and again, they're, they're not, the, the standards that one person sets are not going to be necessarily the same that another person sets. 
There has to be wisdom here. There has to be discernment. Uh, there has to be grace, okay? Um, and so it's not just, we're not just trying to come up with a bunch of rules that everybody needs to follow. No, that's, that's not what we want to do. We, each person, each Christian wants to be yielded to the Spirit of God. Each Christian ought to have a desire for the Holy Spirit to lead them into what God's Spirit has for them, right? Um, again, not every, God is not going to lead every Christian into being a pastor, Right? Um, unless you're telling me that God's calling you all to be pastors here, right? If he is, praise the Lord. That's great. Let's go start a church somewhere. Amen? Um, but no, he's not going to lead all of us into being a pastor. He's not going to lead all of us into uh, leaving the country and going to another country to be a missionary. Okay? He's not going to lead us all into that. He might lead some, and praise God for that. He might lead some to be a pastor. Praise God for that. But he's not leading us all of us, in that same direction. We each have to be yielded to what he has for us. Okay. Now, we do know that he is definitely leading all of us to be witnesses for Christ, right? So that's something we can say, hey, that is for every Christian. But not every Christian is going to be a pastor of a church. Not every Christian is going to be a missionary in a foreign country. So we have to be we have to be yielded to the Spirit and listening to the Spirit's leading and directing in our life into what he wants for us, because again, understand, every one of us is different, right? Every single one of us is different. Every, every one of us comes from different backgrounds, uh, different, uh, if you want to say different cultures, right? Even though we, we're talking about American culture, but even in America, there's cultures all over the place, right? Um, we have different educations, we have different jobs, every one of us are different, and that's good. That is a good thing, Right? And in the same way, as the Holy Spirit is leading us, it's not all going to be exactly the same. The Holy Spirit doesn't cookie-cutter every Christian into exactly the same things. Now, there are going to be some things that are the same for everybody. We understand that, right? Again, every Christian ought to be reading their Bible. There's no doubt about that. The Bible speaks about it. Uh, Studying the Word of God. Every Christian ought to be in church. There's no doubt about that, right? Every Christian ought to be a testimony. Those are things that are for every Christian, but there's going to be different leadings in different ways, okay? Um, and so this is why it's so important that we are yielded to the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, uh, not just fulfilling the lust of the flesh, right? So when we think of a biblical standard, again, remember, a biblical standard is what? What's our definition of a biblical standard? Come on, what is it? A rule There's only one person that knows it. Come on, what is it? Everybody, come on. A rule... That's pathetic. This is pathetic. All right, come on. It's a rule that I impose upon myself to help me. You guys really are pathetic this night, right? I think you guys are still in that nap phase, right? Now, some of you got it. It's a rule that I impose upon myself to help me keep the convictions that I have from the Word of God, right? Again, that's so important that we understand that. It is a rule that I impose upon myself, okay? Upon myself, right? Um, Caden was my example last week about uh, the different types of uh, food and things, whatever, right? Uh, For me to impose my convictions, my standards upon Caden would not be right. Uh, If he believes that God is leading him in this direction, for me then to try to change that would be wrong, okay? Then I would be the one at fault, okay? Okay. So what is the difference between a principle and rules? 
Anybody remember this? What is the difference between a principle, a biblical principle that we find, and a rule? Anybody remember? Levi? Okay, all right, very good. Uh, he said rules are for those that rebel against what is right or they're, they're, uh, they're for the heart that is away from God, right? Rules are for a heart that is not yielded to God. So then what is a principle? What is a principle then? What's a principle? If a rule is there because our hearts are away from God, a principle is there for those that are seeking to be obedient to God, Right? Uh, as we, we are trying to, to seek the Lord, we're trying to be obedient to Him, we set these principles or these standards to, to help us to be uh, obedient to what God has for us, right? Uh, and again, this is why there is such freedom for those who are seeking to please God in this. I'm not seeking to please men. My desire is to please God through this, okay? Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's one who is willing to live by these biblical principles that really is going to enjoy the, that liberty in Christ, okay? Um, so let's, let's kind of look at some, some this evening here, and uh, we're going to kind of work through some of this together. Uh, again, I think it's clear that God uh, would have us follow the spirit of the law uh, with a heart that pleases him rather than just the letter of the law. We've kind of talked about this. Uh, again, there are, there are standards that I might place in my life that there might be a time when I have to break that. You know, for whatever reason, I might have to break that standard, um, you know, because necessity dictates it. But the standard is there to help me, okay? It's there to help me, right? Um, and again, it's really about choosing who you want to please. Uh, are you trying to please men? Are you trying to please self? Are you trying to please the Lord, okay? Um, so let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, right? Ephesians chapter 5, we're just going to look at some principles and then try to make some application about uh, some standards that we ought to put, right? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Notice in verse number 10, right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 10. What does he say? Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, right? And again, if you notice, the very, the very first before this, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, right? So again, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about walking the Spirit. And he says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, right? So thinking about this verse, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. What does the word prove mean? What does the word prove mean? Well, not so much showing what, what you say you are. The word prove here means to test something, right? We're testing it, okay? Um, now, you can have proof of something, and that's kind of what Levi was talking about. What, what he means here when he says proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, what he's saying, we're testing what we're doing. We're testing things and finding out, is would this be acceptable unto the Lord, okay? So think about that. In, in my life then, okay? I need to test things that are acceptable to God. What I'm doing in my life, is it acceptable to the Lord? Is this something that the Lord would be pleased with, right? Um, I shouldn't look for uh, or 
something to do or don't do, right, unless it is something that I would say, hey, I think God would be pleased with this, right? Um, I, I'm testing it with the Word of God, right? I'm testing it in Scripture. Um, is it acceptable to the Lord? It's not just, um, and even sometimes we can say, well, it's not in Scripture, right? Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Again, we talked about that. Be careful about just because the Bible doesn't say something about it, then that means it's okay. No, it doesn't mean it's okay, right? We're testing it with Scripture. Would this be pleasing to the Lord? Okay, so when you're at your job, the things that we're doing on the job site, would that be pleasing to the Lord? Or even the, the conversation, would that be pleasing to the Lord? Right? We're, taking, we're taking Scripture and we're applying this principle to it. All right, So I need to make sure that everything that I do as a Christian, again, if I'm going to walk in the Spirit, then I think the Spirit's going to lead me to do things that are pleasing to Him, aren't they? Wouldn't that, I mean, wouldn't the things that the Holy Spirit's leading me to do be pleasing to the Lord? So is what I'm doing, is it pleasing to the Lord? And this is what it says, prove, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So how do I, how do I thinking about this, trying to make sure that what, what I'm doing is te- acceptable to the Lord, what could be a standard that we could, we could incorporate with this? Right? We've got the principle. We want to make sure that we're testing things that are acceptable to God. Okay? So what is, a, what is a standard that we could say, hey, this is a standard. I want to make sure that before I do something, I'm testing it to make sure that it's, it's pleasing to the Lord. What would be a standard that we could, we could incorporate into this? So here's the thing about tonight, right? If you don't say something, I'm just going to be standing up here looking like an idiot. Okay, because I'm going to wait for you to say something. All right. So uh, those of you watching live stream, sorry, I can't hear you. (laughs) You're probably shouting at the TV right now. Here it is. No. All right. So, again, think about this. Right. We're looking at scripture and then we're going to try to. Okay, let's let's make a principle of this. What what is the standard we could put here? Making sure that we are all things are acceptable to God, proving what is acceptable. Okay, Ms. Jackie. Music that we listen to. All right. So I want to make sure that music that I'm listening to is pleasing to the Lord. Now, people say, well, music is just all moral. There's nothing... uh, No, music is not all moral. There is a lot of immorality in music. There is a lot of wickedness involved in music, right? It's not just, well, music doesn't have an effect. Uh, If you you say music just doesn't have an effect, it doesn't have any power, it doesn't have any control, you know nothing about music. Nothing about music. Okay, um, because it does, and there's a reason why the devil uses music. The devil uses music. God uses music too. By the way, uh, who created music? God did. God created music, right? But everything that God creates, the devil tries to duplicate for wickedness. Okay, um, God created the family, but what does the devil do? The devil tries to destroy it and make it wicked. Okay, God's the one that ordained music. I mean. Look, we're going to be praising him and singing, right? I mean, he tells us the one, of, one aspect of being spirit-filled is singing to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Think that pleases God? Yeah. So I need to make sure that it's the right kind of music, right? Because not all music pleases the Lord, right? There's a lot of music that just pleases flesh. Now, wait a minute. Am I, am I doing this to please myself or am I doing it to please the Lord? Okay. 
Very good, right? So maybe what type of music that I listen to? I test that. Is this something that would be honoring to the Lord? Is it pleasing to God? Okay. Did I see another hand? Miss Rachel. Places you go, right? Uh, is, the, is this where I'm going? Is, it, is this something that is pleasing to the Lord? Okay. Um, is it something that would be honoring to him? Right? Miss Allison? Our dress, right? How we dress. Uh, the, way we, uh, the way we conduct ourselves and how we dress, does that please the Lord? We're going uh, to look at that uh, a little bit later if we get into the verses here. Yeah, Miss Terry. What comes out of our mouth, right? Does that please the Lord? By the way, and, and may I say, not just what comes out of our mouth, but even what comes out of our fingers or thumbs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Social media, texting, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, right? All those, all those things. Um, Again, it's, can I say it, it saddens me to see some of the things that Christians put on social media. And, and they're, you know, and they're Christians, and that they put those things out there, right? Um, we've got to think about this. Does, is this acceptable to the Lord? Is this something that's going to please God? That's very good. Yes. Our words, right, Miss uh, Lena? Our friends, who our friends are with. What, what friends do we hang out with? I think you guys are like reading all my, my points here, right? I've got a bunch of these things down, okay? Our, our friends, uh, the people that we're around, do they please the Lord? Are they helping me to please the Lord? Look, if your friends don't, in, if you have friends and they're not encouraging you to grow in your walk with God, those probably aren't the ones you need to be around, right? And we'll, we'll get into more about that later. Yeah, Bill? The TV programs or movies you watch? Yeah, the things that we watch, Right? Uh, whether it's on TV, whether it's on the internet, right? Uh, those things. Uh, is this pleasing to the Lord? Isn't it interesting? One verse, right? One verse. And look how, how many different uh, applications we're putting to it, right? Uh, because again, it's not about pleasing me. It's not about pleasing anybody else. This is about we want to please the Lord, right? We're wanting to please the Lord in these things, okay? Uh, very good. All right, let's go, to, uh, uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Just over a couple of pages. And again, obviously, many verses can apply to many different principles and standards as well, right? Um, and so again, as we've, we've talked about these different things, music and what we watch and uh, the social media and what we say and where we go, now that we're, we're coming up with these things, now then we have to put into place, we have to set some boundaries, right? We have to, again, so it's, let's, let's step back for a second. Before we get to Philippians, let's step back for a second. Because we, we, we saw some of these areas, okay? Um, all right, so let's just take, uh, I think the first one was music, okay? So here's the principle, music. So what, what boundaries then am I going to set to allow me to have liberty? Look, we shouldn't be like, hey, no music at all, right? You can't listen, music is bad, right? Um, and and it's, it's really interesting how when you, go, when you go through culture and centuries and things like this, how... Uh, there has been almost an adverse effect to music, even among Christians and things, right? Um, because of how the world has used music, okay? Um, man, piano music. I, I love listening to piano music. I love listening to guitar music. Um, and uh, in, in our other building, before we got this piano, we had an upright piano. Do you know many churches um, years ago that to have an upright piano in your church, you were ungodly? Do you know that? If you had an upright piano in your church, you were not a Christian church. 
What? Well, here's why. Anybody want, anybody want to give a guess why? Oh, we got, some, we got some people I think that know here, right? What's that? Because that was the piano that was used in bars. The upright pianos were the ones used in bars. So to have an upright piano in a church, boy, that was just, that was not godly. Now, hold on a second. Could there have been a church that maybe was near a bar or something, and the bar may, may was very prevalent, and that piano was you know a centerpiece of that bar. And then when people looked at the church and they saw that same kind of piano, maybe they might have associated some of the same things. And so could that, have church, could that church have said, hey, just because you know, of what's going on in that bar setting, we then as a church, just because of, of the people around and how people understand it, we're not going to have an upright piano in our church. Now, we're not against music, but we're just not going to have an upright piano. Could they have done that? Yeah, absolutely. No, no problem, right? But then to make a rule, right, that says no church can have an upright piano and be right with God. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. What if you're in a town where there's no bar that has an upright piano? Nobody even puts the two together. So now because that church way over there wants to distinguish itself from the bar, now every church has to? You see how that you see how trying to implement a rule upon everybody doesn't always work right. Doesn't always work the same way, right? So so like with music, right? We want to make sure that we, you know, what what standards am I going to set to music? Okay? Um, what music am I going to listen to? Right? I'm going to start building some standards for myself, for my family, to say this is the music we're going to listen to, this is the music we're not going to listen to. And by the way, this is a very, very great opportunity to sit down with your children and teach them this principle. We want to make sure that in all that we do, we're going to honor God. Right? And so there's going to be music that doesn't honor God. You know what? We're not going to play that music in our house because it doesn't please the Lord. Right? We're just not going to play that music in our house. Now, again, we're not saying that people that do play that music are, are ungodly or uh, worldly or wicked, but as a family, this is a principle that we're going to set. This is a standard we're going to set in our home. We're not going to play that kind of music because we feel it doesn't please the Lord. What have you just done? You've set a standard. You've set some boundaries for your home. Okay? Same thing, whether it's uh, TV programs, right? Uh, hey, can I tell you, there's, there's just not a lot of good stuff out there. Just not a lot of good stuff out there, right? Um, and so you want to develop some standards. Hey, we want to make sure if we're going to watch something that it's pleasing to the Lord, right? I mean, you think about the movies that have um, vulgar language. Does that please the Lord? No, but we're just going to watch it anyway, right? They... Uh, nudity and all of this, does that please the Lord? No, right? Uh, you know, all of the, just the, the wickedness that goes on, does that please the Lord? No. But what do we do? We go ahead and bring it into our homes. We put it on our TVs. We put it on our computers, right? We want to prove all things acceptable unto the Lord. You say, man, it sounds like you're setting up a bunch of rules. No, not at all. Because I want to please the Lord. 
I'm going to please the Lord with this. And so what I'm doing is I'm protecting myself from the world and just following the world and license. I'm protecting myself as I walk in the spirit to be able to have that liberty, hey, to enjoy life, right? Um, And so there's going to be things, uh, whether it's social media, whether it's places you go, uh, you know, hey, what you say, how you... Can I tell you, that's, that's a tough one right there, right? I mean, even James talks about it, right? He says, hey, you know, you can, you can, you can control ships with a, little, with a little rudder, right? You can, control, you can control horses with a little bit. But he said, who can control the tongue? It's like a, it's like a fire, it just destroys, right? Well, how do we control the tongue? We have to walk in the Spirit. If I'm going to control my tongue and what I say, I've got to walk in the Spirit, right? Because, again, when you go back to Galatians and you read, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness, right? What is that? As I walk in the Spirit, those things are going to be evident, okay? If I have a problem with my tongue, it's probably because I'm not walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the flesh, Okay? So I need to make sure that I am thinking before I speak, I, hey, I've got I to gotta stop and think about it, make sure that what I'm about to say, does it please the Lord? Okay? Um, very good, great. Uh, all right, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I think you're there already. What about verse number 8? He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things, right? So here's the principle here. Here's the scripture. What should I be thinking on? Again, we're talking about Christians, right? We're not talking about the world. We're talking about Christians here. Paul's writing to the church. What should a Christian be thinking on? Well, he tells us exactly right here. Things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, that have praise. He says, think on these things. So why would I want to think on something that does not apply to these principles listed here? I ought to want to think on things that are going to please the Lord. Okay? Now, again, this, this, our thoughts go back to really what we were just talking about before. Because the music that we listen to, what is that? That's going to put thoughts into our head. The things that we watch, that's going to put thoughts into our head. Uh, the people that we're around and the conversations that we have, that's going to put thoughts into our head. Right? All of these different things, they're going to, that's going to start putting thoughts into our head. And he says, this is why it's so important that we, we think on things that are pure and things that are lovely and things that are honest and just and are of good report. Why? Because that's what's pleasing to the Lord. I want to please the Lord, not just in my actions, but even in my thoughts. Right? Because again, what's in my thoughts is going to come out in my life. Right? Uh, what comes out of my mouth is because it's what's in my thoughts. What comes out in my actions is because of what's in my thoughts. Right? And so he says we ought to think on these things, okay? Things that are pure and true and lovely and just, okay? Um, If you kind of go with me to uh, Psalms 101, these these are kind of going together here a little bit. Psalms. Um, Psalms 101, 
Look what he says in verse number 3. David speaking, he says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the, wicked, oh, the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. So David's saying, I, I will not set any wicked thing before my eyes. All right. So just like our ears and listening, like what we just read about in Philippians, thinking on these things, it also has to do with our eyes and our ears, because that's where everything comes in. right? So just as uh, Paul says in Philippians, we need to think on things that are true and right and just, in order to do that, Paul says, hey, I, or David says, I need to make sure to set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Now, I mean, look, we, we're living in a society where, again, good is now evil and evil is now good. And, I mean, just there's wicked things all over, okay? Um, and we have to be careful what we, what we look upon, Right? Uh, doesn't matter if it's men, women, uh, teenagers, young people. We've got to be careful about setting wicked things before our eyes. In fact, even Job, Job speak, speaks about this. Job chapter 31. Again, here's the, the, the oldest book in the Bible. And watch what Job says. In Job chapter 31 Notice in verse number one, Job says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Job says, I've made a covenant. I understand what happens when I look upon the wrong things, right? When I look upon the wrong things, wrong thoughts start happening, okay? And so he says, I want to make sure that I'm not looking upon wrong things. So I, I, I want to make sure that my thoughts are, are right. And again, when you go back, I believe, I mean, you can't get much of a better recommendation from God on this, right? There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. So here's a man that feared God. He hated evil. Well, how did that come to be with Job? He set some boundaries. Job set some boundaries. And if you think that, well, Job's day wasn't wicked. No, it was wicked, right? I mean, just because you say, well, Job didn't have the internet and the TV and all that kind of stuff. No, but uh, a couple of hundred years before that, it, the world was so wicked, it, God destroyed it. You don't have to have the internet and the TV and all that stuff to have a wicked society. It was so wicked, God said, I'm going to wipe it off the face of the earth. Okay? There was still wickedness, and Job understood that. And so Job says, look, I'm going to set some standards there's going to be some standards that I'm going to set in my life because I want to please God. Again, this is what God says. He was perfect. In other words, uh, not perfect that he never sinned, but he was mature in his faith and upright. He feared God and eschewed evil. And we see that evident in how he lived his life. He said, I'm going to make a covenant with mine eyes, right? So the things that we look at, we have to be careful what we look at because it affects our thoughts. The things that we hear, we have to be careful because it affects our thoughts. And that's why Paul says in Philippians, man, the things we ought to think about ought to be pure and true and lovely and just and honest, of good report, virtuous. Because when we follow those things, guess what we find? Hey, I don't have to have a bunch, I'm not a, having a bunch of rules of legalism, but I'm not in license. I, I have liberty in Christ. I'm able to enjoy life, right? Because guess what happens? When you're, when you're living this way, do you know what you don't have? Regrets. You don't have regrets. 
well, I, man, I really blew it. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, why did I do that? Because I wasn't walking in the Spirit. Why did I do that? Because maybe I didn't set up some boundaries to keep me from license, right? And, and so we have to realize that it's so important that we set up these, these standards uh, in our lives um, so that we are able to, to bring the glory to God. In fact, look in, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31. What does he say? For whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do what you think is right to the glory of God. Is that what it says? No, he says do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Everything we do ought to be done for the glory of God, to bring glory to God, right? We talked about it in uh, Sunday morning. What did Jesus say? He says, these good works you're going to do that they may glorify your Father, which is in heaven, right? Our desire ought to be in everything that we do to glorify God. So in order to do that, I have to make sure that I am walking in the Spirit, I'm listening to the Spirit of God, and I'm setting up these boundaries, I'm setting up some standards to help me to do all to the glory of God. Again, Paul says, hey, everything... All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient, right? All things are, I, hey, we don't ever have to worry about, if I'm saved, I don't ever have to worry about losing my salvation. Praise God for that, right? I don't ever have to worry about ever losing my salvation and, uh, you know, somehow God takes it away from me. Nope, I, I am secure in Christ, okay? But that doesn't give me just the license to go out and live however I want. I want to live a life in such a way that is pleasing to God. Okay, um, and that in order to do that is going to take being yielded to the Spirit of God, so that whatever I do, I want to do it to the glory of God. I want to do it to the glory of God. Okay, um, and again, that's is the world going to look at you and be like, "Man, that's just you're just weird." Yeah, they are. Is the world going to understand? No, they're not. They're just going to say, hey, you know, hey, you're, you know, just come out and live with us and, and do the same things we do and party and all this kind of stuff. No, I can't do that because I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I want to please God with my life, right? The world's not going to understand that. And unfortunately, there are many Christians who are not going to understand that. Many Christians just want to live however they want, or they want to put all kinds of rules and say, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. No, no, it's not about that. It's about wanting to honor the Lord and please him with my life. And as I develop these standards and helping me to stay within the bounds, again, that liberty I have in Christ, okay? And again, God's going to lead people differently, right? Um, you know, people have uh, different, uh, different styles of, of music, right? Um, some people like Southern gospel, right? But there are people that, you know, only listen to classical, right? And if they, man, if you listen to Southern gospel, man, there's something wrong with you, right? Um, or, you know... Uh, they're just, uh, there's people that say, I, I only listen to hymns, right? I don't listen to any other music, just the hymns, okay? Great, w- wonderful, praise God, right? Is, is one of those wrong? Nope. N- none of them are wrong, right? But God is, they're allowing God to work in each of their life according to how the Holy Spirit's leading them, okay? Um, to, some, to some people, if, man, if, if you go down to the south, it's 
pretty hard. You're not going to find much but Southern gospel in the South, right? But if you take that same Southern gospel and you go up to uh, Massachusetts, they're going to be like, this is like rock music, man. I mean, what is going on here, right? This is like heavy metal, you know? I mean, so again, there's, there's going to be some cultural aspects, right, that we have to understand. But again, is it, is it going to please the Lord, right? Um, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be a stumbling block to somebody else. I, I want to make sure that I'm pleasing the Lord. But at the same time, I have to realize that just not all music is good. Not all TV and movies are good. Not everything on the Internet is good. Not everything on social media is good. And so I have to be discerning in these things. Not all friends are good. Okay? Um, I remember when I was a kid, um, my, dad, my dad told me, he said, uh, I choose your friends. And I'll be honest with you, at the time, I really didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate it, you know? Because I saw there were other kids that were seemingly having more fun than I was. And my dad wouldn't let me be friends with them. Now, it's not that I couldn't say hi to them or anything like that, but it's just I was never able to go out with them. I couldn't do, I could never be out with them or go to their house or anything like that. Uh, you know, maybe at church I saw them or whatever, but I couldn't really be friends with them. And I didn't really appreciate that when I was younger, right? Um, until I started getting a little bit older and started realizing that uh, those that I wanted to hang out with got into a lot of trouble. And I didn't recognize that. My dad did. He recognized that they weren't the best friends. They weren't the best kids. And so guess what I did when I had kids? I told my kids, I'm going to pick your friends. <laughs> I get to pick who you're going to go out with, right? If I don't want you to go out with somebody, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're not going with them. You're not going to go out. Why? Because I, I want to protect them, right? Well, you know, you should just let them be kids. Well, I'm going to let them be kids, but I'm not just going to let them do whatever they want to do, right? And so I, I'm, I'm very careful about um, my children, right? Because, again, you have to understand the power of influence, right? You go, you go through Scripture. Look at, look at the power of influence of friends, some for good, some for bad, right? You think about what Amnon did. Why? Because he had a friend, right? Very bad influence. But you think about David and Jonathan, Man, Jonathan was a great friend to David. David and Jonathan were great friends, right? So just because somebody is a friend doesn't mean that they're going to be the right influence on your, on your life or your children's life, right? And so we have to be careful about that. And so even developing standards of, uh, hey, who are, my, who are my children going to be around, right? Um, you know, developing things like that. It's, it's so important because, again, we're trying to honor the Lord. Whatever we do, we want to bring glory to God in these things, okay? Okay. Um, Again, there, there's, there's more that we can go through in things, but uh, I, I just, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm beating a dead horse here. I hope I'm not, but helping us to understand how important it is for you and I as Christians to develop these things, because if not, if we have, if we have no standards in our lives, and I'm talking biblical, right? If we have no biblical standards, then what protection do we have? We have no protection, right? Um, and, and we need that protection, and that's why, again, we're going back to the Word of God. We're trying to please the Lord in our life, want to be obedient to God, um, and develop these things because, look, the devil is going to try to do everything he can. He's going to throw everything he can at us to just try to say, hey, do whatever you want, live however you want, and there's a reason why. Because if the devil can get you to live however you want, do whatever you want, 
then we're not walking in the Spirit, we're walking in the flesh. And what do we do for God? Nothing. And that's exactly what he wants. That's exactly what the devil wants. He wants Christians to do absolutely nothing for God. Nothing. Hey, look, he knows, he knows he can't have you. You're saved. You're a child of God. But if I can get them to do nothing for God, then I don't have to worry about them because they're not going to affect anybody else. In fact, what they are going to do, they're going to affect them in a negative way towards God. If, well, this is what it means to be a Christian. Why should I be a Christian? I mean, you're doing the exact same things I'm doing, man. You're living the same way. You're talking the same way, going the same places, watching the same things, listening to the same things. And the difference is What? Well, I'm a Christian. That's the difference, huh? Words. I'm a Christian, right? Um, and so it's, it's so important for us as Christians. Um, and again, we find, you know, Dave, uh, Job set up standards. David set up standards. Paul and these others, they, they set up these biblical standards to help them to, to live a life that was pleasing to God. But it takes discernment. It takes walking in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, the Bible says, Paul says, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? We have to understand the flesh, he's always going to fight. Our flesh is always fighting against us. They're contrary. The flesh and the spirit, they're contrary. They're exact opposites, right? The flesh wants to do just anything. The spirit says, no, we need to please the Lord. And as a Christian, as we walk in the spirit, then we're able to yield ourselves to God. We're able to put those boundaries up to protect us so that we're not just going wild and license and all these different types of things but yet at the same time there is liberty we're not just setting a bunch of rules man christian life is all a bunch of rules no it's really just about pleasing the lord and making sure that i'm doing things in my life that are honoring and pleasing to god right let's pray father i pray you'd help us uh, lord in these things it's so important that we we set these things in our lives lord for our families to protect our children to protect, protect our marriages, uh, our homes. The devil wants nothing more than to attack and to destroy. And so often we just listen to the lie of the devil. It just says, hey, you don't, need to, you don't need to have any boundaries. You don't need to have any standards. You know, just, just live however you want. Because he knows when we do that, we destroy our testimony. And people do not see Christ in us. So, Father, I pray you'd help us to have a desire to please you. Lord, I know, Lord, you're, you're going to lead people differently. Every, every person here is different, and we thank you for that. Lord, if we'll walk in the Spirit, we'll show grace to one another. Lord, just living in that liberty that we have in Christ, and not in bondage, not just being weighed down, but Lord, just saying, hey, I, I want to please you with my life. And I'm going to set some boundaries. I'm going to set some principles and some standards to help me honor you and to bring you glory in my life, Lord. And uh, Father, I pray you to help us in these things. I wonder tonight, maybe we just.